You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Friday afternoon, so it's time for the weekly wrap with Liston Mainches, independent financial economic market analyst. Liston, there is so much to talk about. Next week, we're going to talk about your 2020 predictions, which is always a feature of our end of year broadcast. But today, we've got so much to talk about. And what I want to start with, apart from all the obvious news overnight, is the South African economic data that has come out this week, CPI, PPI, uh, mining production, uh, manufacturing production, and also the South African Reserve Bank's quarterly bulletin, all that sort of thing. It's been an astonishing week news-wise at this time of the year when we should be relaxing. Yeah, well, I wish I was relaxing as well. But <laughs> as you know, I've been running around madly at the, you know, during the day. But story, and uh, I think it is, is the case. You know, we've had a horrible, in South Africa, a horrible 2019. Yes. It doesn't matter which way you look, you know, whether it's various commissions, uh, whether it is uh, the power shedding, which is absolutely disastrous, uh, and yet, and the point you made, our inflation rate hasn't been as low as this in some cases for nine years. That's consumer price and a, a producer price in four years. So we have falling inflation. Uh, we have joblessness. Uh, we have very low growth. And yet we maintain rates. And I've just looked on my on the web now, and I see that Turkey, Russia, and a few others have dropped rates this week because their economies are slowing. Well, ours is grinding to a halt if it isn't already going backwards. But there is a distinct uh, situation in Pretoria where they won't buy that. Now, you and I covered quite a lot of that last week. And you know where I stand on it, which is basically to say they are fighting a battle that none of us understands and appears to be driven by the ratings agencies. Last week, I said it. I'll say it again. Get over it, chaps. We're already rated junk in terms of our bond yields. Yes, exactly. It, it was an astonishing decision not to cut rates, even if it was just a cursory 25 basis points, just to placate people like you and I. Uh, but it should have been 50, maybe even 75 basis points, maybe even 100 or 1%. I don't know. But with retail sales coming in at 0.3% year on year, 0.3% year on year, not month on month, year on year, CPI at 3.6%. PPI, I saw, I didn't even look at the number yesterday but it's under pressure manufacturing and uh, mining production down and jobs well the unemployment rate at 29.1 percent which is the lowest for rather the highest for goodness knows how many years it's extraordinary what's going on i think it's the highest i've ever seen yes you know lindsay i was looking at a at a letter i wrote okay it was the week that we lost or changed finance ministers three times in four days But somebody then asked me and said, you know, how how do you see things? And I said, you know, I've already been saying it for a number of years. I've never seen the economy worse. That was dated December 2015. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely horrifying that in four years, it has only got even worse. So this is the worst you've ever seen. Is that what you're saying? it It was the worst I'd seen four years ago. Now it's four years later and even worse. Now, people say to me, but surely it must turn and surely it's going to. And they're doing the right things. And I say, well, yes and no, they're doing some right things. But unfortunately, you know, while you're falling down a precipice, uh, you might clutch at at an rock rock or or a tree stump hanging out. But it's not going to help you much. What I'm saying is there needs to be a total rejig. But anyway, that's 
you know, for next week and, and where we go and how we how we do it. But but again, as you say, you know, the other news. Now, just a, a particular point, I had to go to Home Affairs yesterday. Oh, yeah, bad luck. And they, they said, come at seven and we'll look after you. You'll be number one in the queue. And I was. At eight o'clock, I was let in and put in seat number one. I left at one o'clock, not having had a thing done because, well, the system is down. Now, the system is down. doesn't tell me how long it's going to take to come up. We thought it was an ESCOM power failure, but it turned out to be a telecom tower that it got flooded. Mm. Now, there were six hours that I spent that I need never have spent but doing and producing exactly nothing for six hours. Multiply that by the couple of hundred who are in the queue. Multiply by that by the problems, because apparently this was now – uh, nationwide, anybody sitting in home affairs anywhere in the country. If you don't see a recession looming, <laughs> please tell me. Yeah, it's actually quite dispiriting. I mean, you can you can laugh about it a little bit, but you must have been absolutely infuriated by your experience. Well, the plus side was we got to meet very interesting people who were applying for uh, oh, yeah. documents because they'd been held up at gunpoint the, two nights before. In a uh, um, security, high security, guarded cluster uh, group of homes. Tell me more. This is interesting. So they're moving. They're moving to. They're moving to Germany. Okay, so they were. They were yes. held up in their gated community, and they've decided. No, that's the end of it. I'm moving to Germany now. Absolutely, they've got relatives there, so they'll get in quite easily. But I'm just saying, you know. So I didn't waste the time at Home Affairs. I learned a few more horrible untruths. That's not good, Liston. Um, the, on the other hand, uh, there are still fund managers out there saying that there is good value on the JSC Securities Exchange, and undoubtedly, by normal metrics, there are good opportunities. What is your what is your take on this particular angle? Now, well, again, we our market and the JSE is spread, you know, from Beijing, you know, right across to for, to tobacco in America. Uh, and and if you say, you know, how is how's the market going to do? I'm going to say, well, which part of it and how? But again, it's that same story we, which we started with. The consumer is maxed out. Until he's liberated in some way, nothing is going to help in terms of South Africa facing parts of the economy. That is banks. That is retailers. That is, I dare even go as far as to say, telecoms. And into the bargain, the government steps in and says, you're not allowed to make profits. We insist you sell your data cheaper. So, you know, I, honestly, uh, the, 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 the take is that there needs to be a total revision. I'm seeing that there's, you know, a big uh, discussion as to what they're going to do about the power crisis. And uh, did I even hear the word sabotage mentioned during the week? Mm. My goodness me. That, you know, now we are hitting. Rock bottom. Well, we hope it's the bottom, but unfortunately it might just be the top part of the shale before we slide down. Uh, what I'm just saying is you, words are being used and problems are being uh, attended to uh, that shouldn't be there at all, but the problems they're attending to were highlighted 14, 15 years ago. So, uh, yeah, so let, let's talk about something more pleasant like Brexit. Yeah, let's do that because it was a fascinating evening. I spoke to a chap from a South African company that has a very large office in, in London. It's listed in London as well. And I said to him yesterday, uh, it was sort of a pre-election chat. And he said, Lindsay, we've done our work. 
and there's going to be a very meaningful shift towards the Conservatives. You can, you can forget about these polls that say it's getting closer because of something that happened with the NHS and uh, an unfortunate child uh, having to lie on the floor rather than on a bed, and that, w- that will not harm it. There is going to be a massive majority uh, for the Tories, and they were positioned as such. And, of course, they were absolutely right. It was a stunning victory. But help me here, Lindsay. As I recall, it was Conservatives who voted hoping, who called a referendum, hoping that it would be Bremain. They played the entire referendum, did the Conservative Party, to Bremain. And it was Labour and some diehard other uh, Conservatives who went for Brexit or prevented everything. That was three years ago, and that was David Cameron. The hero of all heroes is a conservative leader demanding Brexit. Now, what did I miss on the way? Well, you you missed that uh, there was a very smug person called Cameron uh, with a very smug face, and he said, well, I'm going to now write my, my name into the history books by saying let's have this referendum and getting this get out of Europe thing out of the way once and for all, and he completely miscalculated, whereas Boris Johnson was waiting in the wings, a fellow old Etonian, incidentally, and he said, right, I'm going to mop it up now. And although I don't think he's particularly politically erudite, he has done a fantastic job in doing so. This is the biggest majority that the Conservative Party has had in, I don't know, since, since the 1980s, and the worst defeat for Labour in 80 years. Quite an astonishing evening. Well, absolutely. And as you say, this time the pollsters got it right. But honestly, and I've said it for a while, let's assume we're out. Now what? Yeah, now the hard work starts. (laughs) Well, it does indeed. You've got to recreate trade agreements with, what is it, 60 other countries. Mm. You were cozily covered by the EU treaties. Now you are not. You have to have separate trade agreements with everybody. So, of course, places like New Zealand, South Africa, and a few are lining up, and the trade agreements will go through quite quickly because we need to have some. But, you know, you're not going to get it easy trading, trying to get a trade agreement with the South American countries, Mercosur, and or the uh, uh, Japanese, uh, or any other block. So what I'm saying is, you know, I think the world has gone back 30 years, just in one swoop. But now we go further. Look at the UK. And an awful lot of people who are living there, doing good work, are now betwixt and between. They don't know fully where they will be. But what I can tell you is that the rash of buildings that were taking place on the banks of the Thames have stopped. They are not building new stuff. And I don't say any more of the financial uh, sectors will move half the headquarters and do whatever. But I just see, and I've said it for quite some time, the UK is going into recession. So well done, Boris. You've got a marvellous opportunity to go into a recession. What are you going to do next? Yeah, I think the honeymoon will be a very short honeymoon. It'll be over quite soon and we'll see what what goes on. But I'm sure he'll get a team around him and let's hope so because I'm a UK passport holder, although my passport, I've just noticed, just just run out. So I've got to go to the run off to the embassy and get a new one. But um, 
I'm going to be kicked out of the Netherlands, I think, in July. So I don't know what's going on, and nobody knows what's going on. That is what they've got to sort out. The devil is in the detail. What about Mr. Trump and the the trade wars? I think he signed off phase one, and I think something else is going on this weekend. I've lost track, and I've actually lost interest as well. <laughs> There's lots going on this weekend, but let's deal with Trump first. Uh, the story is, you know, we played close to the wire, uh, he needed to uh, get this thing going. It would have looked terribly bad if he'd had to backpedal. So we don't really all know what's in there and how detailed it is and to what extent it is. But he said, no, we're not going to put the tariffs on on the 15th of December. Well, it's just as well he told us on Friday because lots of people go home for the weekend mm-hmm. and the switches that said it's on would have been on. So he had to tell us <laughs> in time for us to just turn those switches off and or reprogram the computers because – you know they were they were ready to have these these uh, um, tariffs included, but to have tariffs included, you know, a week and a half before Christmas, it's, it never sounded like a candidate. But again, comes back the devil is in the detail. What does it actually mean? And of course, everybody is happy as anything. And I, I, I'm watching all the forecasts for 2020 by people other than me, and they're saying we've had a great year. It's bound to be good next year. And I'm saying, but it's presidential election year, you know. And uh, there's still an impeachment thing. I don't believe that'll fly, by the way. But it does distract and uh, whatever. But what I can say of, of uh, 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 you know, the Trump trade tariffs is at least it's off the list. We've had so many of these Trump trade, Trump wall, Mexico, uh, uh, the US, uh, Mexico, Canada deal. A whole lot of those have been ticked off. You know, suddenly we go into the new year and we're saying, what will we ever talk about? But there will be plenty. Don't worry. The other important one, I think, is the local politics. And uh, I think it is becoming, you know, very, very interesting. The EFF is having a, a meeting this weekend. Uh, obviously, the uh, uh, ANC had a meeting earlier this week. And do you know the silence is deafening? I do not know who said what at that meeting and whether there were any changes of mind or plan. There was a rumor that uh, there were people set to oust uh, Ramaphosa, and it was nobody less than Ace Magashula who said, no, there are no such plans. So, you know, life is incredibly interesting still in this part of the world. But just take a more general view. And I say, yes, we have had good rains up here in the Transvaal, you know, flooding the telecom mast that I was telling you about. Mm. But we still have a very bad drought situation to the north of us, you know, Zimbabwe and, and Zambia. People are telling me, you know, that the world's largest dam, known as Kariba, yes. um, has got dangerously low levels, and that the Victoria Falls have slowed to a trickle. Now, I can't prove any of that, but I just say that's what I'm reading in in the press. There was a a program I watched on CNN the other day. It was a half-hour program about that very point, and I think the Kariba Dam is down to about 10 to 15% of its normal capacity, and 200 elephants have died in a particular national park in Zimbabwe. It's a desperate, desperate situation up there. No, well, this is what I'm saying. Luckily, and I, I hope that they've at least had some of the rains in the last 10 days that we've had. But, you know, we don't get news like that. And I think that is market-moving news because, you know, when people are dying of hunger and or thirst and water has stopped running in taps in various places, and we saw it in Cape Town where, you know, we got to desperate situations, 
But this is in countries adjoining us, and the news flow is actually very, very poor as to what is actually happening on the ground. So, you know, market-moving news, uh, Trump doing it, of course the market's bound to respond of a day. Three days later, they say, well, what does it really mean? And actually, let's have a look at the, at the detail. And actually, it's just going to be as was with maybe a little bit less threat of tariffs. And who knows, within a month, uh, one of our friends with red hair is likely to say, I don't believe it. They're not, they're not sticking to their side of the bargain. I am putting tariffs on. Mm. I just don't know. The man is that unpredictable. And I'm now talking Donald Trump. But the other redhead is our friend Boris Johnson. Well, so he's sort I of a strawberry blonde rather than the redhead. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to speak next week about your 2020 predictions. We're going to get, do that on, what, Monday afternoon? Monday afternoon, yeah. Have you got some good ones for us? Well, it's, it, uh, what I try to do in it, rather than say, you know, this asset class, because I think asset classes are – a hoax that, you know, we, we, we've been bluffed into this and it's world literature and I'm not saying it's South African and, and that we're gullible. What I am saying is that when you talk about an asset class called equities, yes. I mean, that is from here to the middle of next week. So you cannot say, I would rather talk some themes and I would rather talk what is likely in terms of the personalities now on stage the situation we are now in. So that's kind of where I start. And obviously, you'll ask me questions and <laughs> I'll have to respond to them uh, as, as, as to, you know, what impact it might have. And the one we're all interested in, without a doubt, and it, it, it's the one that comes out, you know, every single time, is the RAND. And now everybody's saying how strong the RAND has been and it's, you know, below whatever it is, 14.50, and it's looking good and that's good for this and it's good for that. Sure enough, but, you know, uh, what we've really got to do is to say how does a particular value of the RAND affect different shares on our market? And out of all of that still comes if the RAND goes stronger and inflation goes even lower, when do we get our rate cuts? Right. So it'll be somewhat similar to today, but much more much more directed. The RAND is currently 3.1% higher at 14.45, was 14.41 at one stage. Liston Mainchie's independent financial, economic and market analyst. Thank you very much. You can contact Liston uh, should you so wish at Liston at Liston.co.za and he'll be back on Monday with his 2020 predictions. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.